With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, hello. Welcome to Dr. Zoe Today, where the topics are real, raw, and relevant about business, entertainment, and relationships. Warning, do not listen to this show if you are sensitive to controversial issues or easily offended. Dr. Zoe and her guests are not to be held liable for any shock, pissing of the pants, sudden desire of change, or uncontrollable laughter. Now, here's your host... Dr. Zoe! Hey everyone, and welcome back to the show. Tonight's guest just launched his seventh season of his hit show on MTV, has an amazing story, has, been a, has had a successful documentary film, and is one of the most genuine, real, raw, relevant people on television today. So he's the perfect guest for Dr. Zoe today, Neve Solman from Catfish. Welcome to the What's show. What's up? Hey, Zoe, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Great. Um, All right, so first of all, congratulations, season seven of the show on MTV. That's the, awesome. The funniest part is it's it, while it's still considered season seven, this is actually the fourth sort of chunk of season seven. Season seven was a 40 episode, so they aired it in four sections. So it's, wow. It's kind of like season eight slash nine and ten. <laughs> 40 episodes? Is each season that long? Usually they're, they order 20, and then they air them sometimes in, in sets of 10. Um, All right, so how yeah. many shows have you done? Do you know how many shows it's, you've done? I can't remember the exact number. I think we've, after this, we've now done, like, close to 150. Wow, that's a yeah. lot. That's a lot. And congratulations on your new baby boy that was born in the beginning of the year. That's right. I'm, just, I'm looking at him right now. He's, oh. uh, he's hanging out with me. If he gets a little... Fussy, you know, I might have to pick him up and you'll hear him it's squirming. It's all good. But... <laughs> it's all good. And this is your second child with your awesome This is number two. Yes. Yes. And Cleo is two years old now, right? Is Cleo's that two and a half. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So how or if, is that? Or if you, asked her, if you asked her how old she was, she would she would say, I'll be this many. And she holds up three <laughs> fingers. That's so she's awesome. already preparing for her third birthday. Yeah, that is awesome. So what I want to do today is let's back up a little bit for a minute and hear kind of your backstory. So where did you grow up? Sure. Oh, wow. So I grew up in New York City. Okay. Um, I lived for just a few years before that in the suburbs as an infant. Um, But pretty much my whole childhood, adolescence, young adulthood, and 20s was spent living in New York City in Manhattan. Okay. And what did your parents do for a living, like, when you were growing up? Um, my dad is a real estate broker um, okay. and has been sort of helping people buy and sell their apartments in New York for my whole life. Uh, yeah. And my mom um, has done many things. She, When we were younger, she actually uh, studied filmmaking, interestingly. She was sort of Ooh. the first in the family. Um, but she didn't really pursue that as a career. She just did it for fun. 
And then she worked at Sotheby's a little bit. She was a florist and ended up being uh, an, mm. event pla- an event planner for many years. Cool. Uh, which is That's sort of how, cool. I, how I got my first entree to the world of events. Um, and in college, entree. my my brother. <laughs> what did I say? And <laughs> your first entree. No, no, no. That's oh, fine. Okay. I was just like, I like that verbiage. That's cool. Yeah. Right. So my brother and I actually started a uh, videography and photography company in the early 2000s mm-hmm. um, that ended up being like 10 years of my life making you know wedding videos, bar mitzvah montages, corporate mm-hmm. event. Uh, sort of promotional films. Um, so that was sort of how I got into doc-style filmmaking and events yeah. and things like that. So is he your only sibling, or do you have other siblings as well? He is, well, he's my, my full brother, and then when I was younger, my mom remarried um, uh, to a, a lawyer, and he had a, a daughter from a previous marriage, so I have had a stepsister most of my life, so I consider you know, myself uh, one of three. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so let's fast forward a little bit so how old are you when you start talking to this girl, Megan, and how did oh, that wow. come about? By the way, I love your intro of me that you said. Um, in addition to my hit TV show, I've made a successful documentary. I thought that was yes. funny. Um, yes. Just because, uh, unfortunately, very few documentaries uh, end up sort of earning the label successful. But True. Uh, I don't think that that makes it any more or less important than any other documentary. Yeah. Um, However, anyway, so so the whole thing with Catfish started in 2006, I think it was, or maybe it was 2007. Um, I can't remember because it was like the end of one of those years. In, and I was, I think I was 24, how old was I, 24 at the time. All right, so uh, you met this chick on Facebook? Is that... Well, so technically it was MySpace. Um, okay. Ooh, and MySpace I got a message space. on MySpace from a random person. And I hadn't used MySpace in months, and so I, I just, I think, it, you know, I got like an email through MySpace that I got had a message waiting for me, and um, I went and logged in, and I had this message for from all my, for all you millennials yeah. listening, because <laughs> my age demographic is like sixteen to twenty two. Oh, my okay. MySpace is kind of like your Snapchat. It, it was like our Snapchat. Like MySpace was like the first like really cool social media yeah. to have. And now it's like an antique. But anyway, go ahead, Nia. <laughs> yeah, so, well, yeah, I would just say MySpace was like a, like a sort of version one of a Facebook kind of. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, so I had a message from uh, a girl. Um, and in this case, it was actually a very young girl. It was like an eight-year-old girl who, had, who um, had, I think, logged on to her mom's account or her sister's, her older sister's account or something. And, had sent me this message just letting me know that she's a big fan of ballet and she saw that I do a lot of phot- photography of ballet and she, I guess she had discovered my website where I had lots of photos of mine that I'd posted um, and wanted to know if, she, if I thought it was okay if she used my photos as the subject for her art because uh, she was mm-hmm. learning how to paint and wanted to paint uh, dancers. So I, of course, said, um, yes, I thought it was charming, uh, I'm, and then, of course, I asked about, you know, who could I correspond with on her, you know, on her end of things that was of age. Um, mm-hmm. And so I immediately got a message back from her mom. And so I felt much more comfortable uh, about talking to her. And the whole family was very uh, 
excited and appreciative that I was taking the time to kind of encourage their daughter uh, or sister in her art making. So that's kind of how it all started. Okay. Um, and so and Megan was the relative of one of the relatives. Me- so, that's right. Megan was the um, older sister of Abby, who was you. the young okay. girl. And okay. my relationship, and, and so the, the reason that I think this all kind of happens as, as passionately and, and kind of uh, quickly as it did was because that was right at the exact moment that Facebook was sort of really becoming popular. So mm-hmm. all of these people that I was talking to who lived in sort of northern Michigan were, were just then getting on Facebook, and they were all excited to sort of make, make and add friends. And so I became one of one of all of these people's friends. You know, the, Abby had her older sister and her brother and her cousin and her mom and, and the babysitter and the, the <laughs> cousin. You know, like every, all these people in, in the UP were friending me, and I, I very quickly kind of got wrapped up in their fun, interesting, and very different life uh, since they all kind of lived in the, in the country and I was a city kid and we just became friends. And, okay. And then, so of course, uh, yeah, the a, a romantic road, yeah. part like kind of starts and how long do you talk to quote unquote Megan? Like how long were you guys interacting before the truth got revealed? Right. Well, so the, the relationship with the older sister, Megan was a very sort of slow burn at first. She was just very friendly and appreciative again that I was being so supportive. And then when I, when she was sort of the last to get on Facebook and when she did and I saw her, I said, wow, this girl's really pretty. And I had already established a friendship with her. So it kind of felt like there could be something there. Yeah. Um, so we started flirting and then talking on the phone. And I think it probably was a few months before we, we planned to, to meet up for the first time. Her, she was going to come down to New York with Abby and stay with my parents. And we were going to go to the ballet and I had a whole plan for the weekend but then on the way down, their car broke down, and 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 Abby <laughs> got car sick or something. You know, it kind of just was didn't wasn't meant to be. All and I was going to fly shit. up there. <laughs> right. I was going to fly. Well, right. I was going to fly up there, um, but that didn't work out because Abby's dad wanted her to come to his house for that week. Whatever. There was a million reasons why I couldn't meet up with them. Um, but eventually. Uh, without getting into too much detail, my, my brother and Henry, who's his friend and, and co co-director in all of their film projects, they they kind of noticed that there was this relationship uh, percolating between me and these people and decided to, to document it. And eventually they, they said like, Neve, you know, this is crazy. We should, we should just go there and find out who these people really are mm-hmm. because a few of the things they had told us hadn't checked out. And so that's what we did. We, we, we flew to, where did we fly to? Chicago, I think, and then drove like the eight or nine hours up to the uh, Wow. And, wow. Uh, and just sort of showed up at their house. Wow. Yeah. And so then it's revealed <clears throat> that well, Should it, we spoil it? it? We, should, we should at least give a spoiler warning. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen the documentary... Uh, about yeah, I think most people I, have. I don't... I would honestly, think... y- young people haven't really so Most they just people, are like fans of the show but they haven't really right. seen the and documentary they don't even know why i'm the host of the show they're just like oh you're just the guy who hosts the show they don't realize that it it's happened because, to me and yeah why we i make the show um yeah. so if you if you haven't seen the film and you don't want to know what happens then i guess just skip the for a few minutes ahead and if you you know want to hear and talk us talk about it then you know here we go yeah yeah. But anyway, so yeah, we get we get to the front door, and over the process of the next few days, it, it becomes clear that 
that the community of people I've been talking to um, didn't exist and were mainly the sort of creative um, invention of this woman, this, this, the mother who, who I had been talking to uh, and her daughter Abby does exist, but I hadn't communicated with Abby or Megan or any of these other 14 people. It was all this one woman who had created all the oh accounts uh, and emails and all of it. And, and it. Who has time for this stuff? Who has time for this stuff? It's probably 14 accounts. I mean, it was a lot. I mean, we, they weren't all super a lot. Active, but yes. Yeah, it, it, but all well, when you live personalities in, 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 and people right. and when you live in, in bump up Egypt still, I mean, you have a family, you have things to do, right? Like you got to well, cook dinner, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to clean your house, you got to like, well, you know, I, go to the grocery store, you, sure. got, you still got to do and, stuff, you got to earn a living. Like, well, what's amazing is that this woman um, yeah. does does a lot of other stuff. And in fact, she, what made the story so interesting and, and heartbreaking and um, just captivating is that she, she's the primary caretaker for her husband's kids who he had from a previous relationship mm. um, who she met when, when they were like two or three years old and they're severely handicapped um, oh, wow. and, and develop, developmentally you know, challenge. So, so they even at, so when I met them, they were 19 year old twins, but needed complete full 24 hour care, still mm. in diapers, needed to be bathed. That's a lot. And one of them is tube fit. I mean, so she had, she took on the responsibility of becoming the sort of stepmom and nurse for mm. these kids. Um, yeah. And and as a result, totally forfeited her own sort of ambitions and hopes and dreams for what her life in the potentially creative arts world could be. And so any spare moment that she had um, when, when the kids were not, you know, didn't need her or her her daughter was asleep, she would go upstairs to this little sort of art studio room that was in the attic of their house. And she would dream uh, and she would paint and she would, she would fantasize about, a life that she knows she she'll never have, mm-hmm. um, and it and it and it didn't intend to be a relationship with me, but she saw my photography and she liked it and she wanted to feel a connection to the sort of culture of New York City, and so we started talking, and I think she got wrapped up in it, and and yeah, wow. I'm an oh, I'm an oh, I'm a somewhat charming guy, and I guess we kind of, <laughs> it just kind of bit, went from there. Just a little bit. So, do you talk to Angela now, Bill? I haven't. I, I I talked to her on and off for a while after yeah. the film came out, um, and I I actually invited her to be a part of the show when it first started, mm-hmm. um, but she just she chose not to be, uh, and it's been a few years now since I spoke to her last. Uh, okay. All right. So let's talk about how did the show come about? Did you guys pitch it to MTV, or how did that happen? Yes. So, so the show came about because after the documentary was at Sundance, um, pretty much right after, I started getting emails uh, mm-hmm. or, or, and Facebook messages from people saying, oh, my God, I, you know, I heard you had this thing happen to you where you were talking to someone on the Internet who turned out to be someone they, totally different. That happened to me. Uh, I never told anybody. I've been embarrassed. Or I think that's happening to me now. What do I do? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And so I, of course, didn't have an answer, but I, I it was very clear that I was not the only person who was dealing with this sort of thing. Right. And so we all kind of put our heads together and just said, we should figure out a way to tell these people's stories and help them do what I did, which is go and meet and find out who they're talking to. Um, and so, yeah, we pitched it to a few different networks. Uh, MTV was, was the most excited. Yeah. Um, and the rest is sort of history. Yes. Awesome. So you've had the show for so long and the documentary Sundance, awesome, successful. Have you ever thought about taking it to the big screen, like pitching it to a production company and taking like your four craziest cases and having actors and actresses because everybody loves you. So you've already got those connections like to be in a movie and have it on the big screen, dude. Have you ever thought about that? I have not actually thought about that. Um, and like, yeah, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Like Universal, even Netflix now is putting out like major productions and they're like, hot. I have a lot of clients in LA. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. So, Neve, you deal with a lot of shady people and you go to a lot of places. Do you ever get scared for your safety? Um, I don't really, which, which I think some people might think is foolish. Uh, I think maybe I don't have certain uh, brain connectors that, that <laughs> create fear in, in social settings. Okay. Um, but also, you know, I like to think of myself as a pretty street smart guy. I grew up in the city. I, 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 I'm not afraid of confrontation. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the people who come on the show, whether they're the sort of hopeful who were helping or the, quote, catfish who were sort of searching for are on the show because for the most part they are passive people um and who have who have relegated themselves to so internet yeah, relationships that's true that's true so they're, they're not really like aggressive people they're you know, hiding they, they, yeah they're right hiding they're, right they're yeah. right exactly um now that doesn't mean that i might not knock on a wrong door and have somebody like actually that's not true i so i was scared recently actually this season um I was doing an episode with L. King, who's a really cool singer, and we went to an address that we thought might be where the person was, but we had to literally sneak into this apartment building complex, and I knocked on this <laughs> random door, and some dude opened it, and I could tell right away he did not know who I was, and I was some, you know, strange person kind of bothering him in the middle of the day, and I, I did kind of clam up, and I got a little nervous, and I... So I was like, okay, thanks, bye, and I left. Um, okay, so I personally, when I watch the show, I get it's like my guilty pleasure. I DVR it and have it on in the background when I'm multitasking. And um, I personally am like, ooh, Neve, like, don't knock on that door. So if I feel that way when I'm watching, what about your wife, Laura? Does she ever <laughs> have concerns about your Oh, I think she's probably, she's probably hoping something does happen to me. Um, Come on. I think she she knows that, I mean, look, there, you, there's always a chance something could happen, but I'd say there's just as much, if not more of a chance that I could step out of the, you know, step into the street tomorrow and get hit by a car than like something happening to me on the show. Um, yeah. Because at least on the show, I've got, you know, the crew with me. The camera crew, um, right. Yeah, I mean, I'm like... And you guys my, have um, security, too? Do you have security we as well? We have or security just security? when the two people meet. 
because we never know what one of them might do or how <laughs> yeah. they'll react. Yeah. Um, so we have someone there to just make sure that, like, nothing happens. Um, yeah. But there never really has been an issue that warranted, you know, needing, like, a bot, like a, a, a real security guard. And, and so cross yeah. my fingers, so far, so good. Um, so far, so good. That's awesome. Right. You're really diplomatic. You're positive. You handle people very well. So I deal with a lot of different personalities, a lot of different people. And, um, you know, and I feel like it comes kind of natural to me, and I've been doing it so long. So with you, do you feel like it's natural that – because you're really – like I call myself a chameleon. Like I can kind of relate to anyone and get on anyone's level and kind of pull them into the light. No, I'm just kidding. But like with you, like I see the way you deal with people all walks of life because catfishing doesn't discriminate. You've been in the ghetto, you've been in the trailer park, you've been, you know, with all different kinds of people, very diversified group of people. So does that come naturally or do you feel like that's from growing up in New York or where, I think, how, yeah, I think yeah. it, it definitely comes from growing up surrounded by many different walks of life. Um, but I think I've, 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 two, two things. One is obviously I, just from doing the show. I mean, I look back at earlier seasons and I think I've come a long way from, from there. I've picked up a lot of knowledge and, and perspective um, and, and language. Uh, so, so I definitely think I've I've improved as we've made the show, um, but also mainly the thing that I I use as a as a way to sort of relate to and connect with people is just the simple reality that I myself have made a lot of mistakes. I've done a lot of dumb shit. I've we all I've have gotten a lot yeah. of trouble, and I've I've hurt people, and 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 I've hurt myself, and like. I know how that feels, and I think if we can all admit that we have made some sort of mistake, whether the mistake is allowing ourselves to be catfished or the mistake is catfishing someone else and that we've hurt them or ourselves, like we can, we can always all relate in that very simple, basic sort of human way. Right. Um, and so I try to find a, a path to get just to that simple, you know, connective issue. Humanity. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And doing this show, I mean, has it made you more jaded when it comes to humanity? Because like I said, you deal with a lot of crazy people. And, you know, or has it made you more hopeful? Like, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, I say all the time, it's really hard for people this day and age. I shouldn't say all people because there's all positive. There's there's so much good. And when we focus on the positive and the enlightenment that's happening and like people are more woke than they've ever been, but also people are having a really hard time keeping the cuckoo in the clock. We're in a very overprescribed, you know, society right now. And everybody kind of has a label and, you know, Hey, like, you know, like a lot of people are on medication and stuff, but when you're out there and you're doing this, has it kind of made you a little bit more jaded or has it given you more hope when it comes to humanity? Uh, I have, a, I've had the experience that wherever I go, no matter what type of place it is, what the socioeconomic background is, geography of it. Um, I find that people are 
at least the ones that I come across. And I understand my experience is different because I'm a straight white guy and I'm on TV. So people generally kind of show me their best side, um, which, which I'm very aware of, but nonetheless, bad sides too of some people which is cool because you work well, through right. it yeah right but I don't even yeah. necessarily mean the people on the show I just mean in general my travels okay. around the country for the last seven years to 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 many many different towns that that you've likely never heard of that are hours from the nearest sort of major airport um you know or very much sort of the flyover states yeah. and I find that people are like I said, for the most part, all really the same and, and want the same things and want to be happy uh, mm-hmm. and, and are polite and friendly. And I, it, it's confusing to me when I, which is all the time, you hear sort of in the news how everybody's so angry with each other and, and there's, all, there's two sides and there's this like civil war happening. I'm just like, where, yeah. what's the problem? I, under, I mean, look, I understand people have issues. Some, you know, education's an issue, jobs, I get it. But like, for the most part, we're, we're, we can all help each other and be nice to each other. Okay. And it seems, seems strange yeah. to me that like, we, we're, I, so, I, so I guess the answer is that I'm hopeful. Um, yeah. Because I do think that while there's a lot of uh, side effects to the current um, state of, our country, sort of, you know, our country, and and beyond mm-hmm. that, just sort of social, the leadership, the social experience. all of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not even trying to get into. I'm just mean like the yeah. world is what it is. The internet, the the cell phones, like every, whatever. Our present day situation, while it does have some negative side effects, I do think is has a basis for uh, improvement and and general happiness. But but it you know it will take some sacrifice and some some commitment and some hard work. But I do believe people are inherently good and that we can work together to do that. I love that. I feel like even the most evil, like, um, you know, and you deal with it. And even, you know, when you devoted your life to make a difference in people's lives, and you definitely are, I know what I do for a living. I'm making a difference. My my motivation when I was younger was all about the dollar and how many millions can I make. But now it's more like I'll walk away from deals that are millions and millions of dollars to do something that aligns with me, that feels right. And, you know, I turned my life around. I have a very volatile past, um, you know, and I, 20 years ago, totally turned my life around for the good. So I know if I can do it and build the empire that I've built with my company, that anyone can do it as a single mother with three children, three different colors, one out of a marriage, one out of a rape, one out of just fun. <laughs> so, right. full, you know, took full responsibility, not a dime of child support, you know, and, you know, I just, my story is crazy. So I know if I can turn my life around like I have and, you know, have a steady uh, level of success and maintain that success that anybody, no matter where you've been, it doesn't matter where you've been, it only matters where you go from here. But it's still, like, people don't understand that when they do something evil, and I'm going to talk about something relating to you, like the silly allegations of sexual, you know, advances, you know, of someone that was on your show, 
like people don't realize that there's a ripple effect, but not only is there a ripple effect that affects the person, their family, their career, but also the karma that they're sowing for themselves is so, you know, negative. So when somebody does something like, you know, to lash out, like you've experienced, like I've experienced, I had a webmaster that worked for me and, you know, New Year's Eve, he was at one of my parties and we kind of like, I, I drink like twice a year and I have the beer popping bottles. I don't drink. I don't like to drink. And so I'm a lightweight. And then we ended up kind of messing around a little bit. And then when I didn't like, you know, go to his advances after that, he couldn't take the rejection and ended up like totally setting this whole thing up to hack my site and cause a lot of, but that didn't just affect me. That affected my children. That affected my career. That affected the 40 plus people that work for me. That affected my clients. So when people do something like this, like this person that put this out there, I mean, I know, you you know, they had to take a break from the show because of it, you know, until it was cleared up. What, how do you handle stuff like that? How do you personally handle stuff like that? Because I know you're really positive. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Uh, you never know what people can and will say about you. Um, I, I found that the sort of end result for me was overwhelmingly positive uh, because while, yes, it, it was unfortunate and it, and it sort of derailed a number of, of plans and projects that I was very excited about, um, yeah. it also sort of overwhelmingly showed me that the people who I do work with who do know me uh, and, and others from my past, um, you know, backed me up and said, yeah. this is silly. This is not the guy we know and who we work with and, and, um, and it became very clear very quickly that, uh, that's just not the case. So, um, so in a weird way, I feel that it sort of became a badge of honor for me to say, like, look, you know, it, it, you can come at me, you can, you can say whatever you want. Uh, if, if I were a scumbag and if, and if I had done terrible things, um, to people in the past, this would have been the perfect opportunity for everyone to say, you know what, what an asshole. Me too, me too, me too. Right. Like, do you think this individual was just looking for attention and it was kind of like last year, so when the whole Me Too thing was coming out, was it just like her way of trying to, like, jump on the bandwagon of that? Like, just briefly your perspective I on that. I, 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 I've already spent too much energy trying yeah. to figure out why she would say something of that sort. But I... I don't, I'm not mad at her. I, I, I'm actually mostly curious, I think, the way that you are to, to know what, yeah. what it was that she did or didn't want. And I don't even necessarily discredit her experience. I mean, look, I, it, was, it was years ago. She remembers something a certain way. I obviously remember very differently along with everybody else who was there. But yeah. it, it was her experience. And, and I'm no less supportive of the Me Too movement than I was before that happened or that I, than I could be ever because Yeah, well, that's still a little important. different. I was just using it no, as no, an example. No, no, of course. No, but I yeah. mean, like, I, I, I really believe that, like, it's important that she expressed herself, whatever her motives were, yeah. and, that, and that if there was a, you know, just cause to, to investigate, which there was, that, that like, there's a due process. And I, and I, and I really think women... Whether, again, whether she was 
consciously lying or, or just sort of had the experience strangely twisted in her head. She deserves to be heard and, and her story should be respected and her experience should be valued. And like, that's fine. Um, but you're right. It, it does have a huge ripple effect that, that unfortunately, you know, I have to deal with. Um, yeah. You know, what's awesome. The biggest, the most important thing that you said is that you're, you know, that you've forgiven. And I think the message here, the bigger message here, no matter what you've been through with anyone, like everybody has disappointments and discouragements in life. Everyone does. No matter if it's a business deal, it's a relationship, it's, you know, whatever, your parents, whatever it is. But when we let go, when we truly just leave it in God or the universe's hands and we let go of it, you know, the universe takes care of that. God takes care of that in his time. Like we don't have to, when we forgive, we're the ones that free, that are free. When we don't forgive, that's what causes us the bondage. And I also love what you said. You've already spent too much time and energy, like just trying to figure out why. Because sometimes we go, we mull over things in our head and we try to figure out people's motives. And then we just have to understand that, it is their perspective, and they have their own set of issues or perspectives. So I love what you said. Thank you for even talking about that. I had to bring it up. You know, I just, you know, I, I was curious of how your perspective was on that, and thank you for that. So back to the show. This season, what can we expect? Like, is there anything different? Like, and I can't believe 40 episodes in one season. That is crazy. But what, is there anything new or different than, that your viewers Yeah, for expect? sure. Um, so one of the things that, that I love about the season is similar to previous, the previous sort of chunks of episodes, um, we have some really awesome guest co-hosts. Uh, we, we, we sort of thought we would find a permanent one by now, but we ended up just liking different people and, and the experience of having different people that we've continued to let sort of rotational co-hosts come in. Um, and we have some new ones this season that I love. Uh, so, so that's one thing that's great. Um, and, and then there's just a lot of new stuff that happened this year. It isn't to some, some different locations, um, some, you know, that are more exotic, if you will, uh, or, or just sort of far away, which was an added element of, uh, the journey to get there. Um, so that's one thing we, but we also dealt with some, some issues, um, whether it was sort of questionable criminal activity or uh, general just sort of like local news mystery around people or previous things that have happened in their lives. Um, There's a lot of new dynamics that happens. Yeah, that's awesome. What episode so far has been the most shocking for you personally? Wow. Um, It's, hard to answer that mainly because we did so many I, I almost can't keep them all straight in my head um, <laughs> yeah. if, if you show me a photo of the people I can immediately remember everything but when it's all yeah. sort of jumbling around in there it's hard to se- separate you know different things from from each other Okay, so from a business perspective, because I'm a businesswoman, so you, like I said, you've got, you know, the successful documentary, you have the show now for so long, like, what's the vision for the future with Catfish, the franchise, is there, you know, I mean, like, what about starting, like, a 12-step program for Catfishes, or having an HBO, like, 
you know, section of it for people that like Bumble, Plenty of Fish, Tinder. I mean, I counsel people confidentially for a living and you wouldn't believe the stories I've heard yeah. about like, you know, like a straight male, like going and showing up. He thinks he's meeting a girl and there's a guy on all fours tied up, like just have sex with me. And he's like blindfolded and he's like, just have sex with me and leave. I won't tell anyone. Like how scary is that? Like this crazy, crazy stuff. Or like even like Zeke Thomas, like, you know, what happened to him? And I saw him on your show and I was like, I love Zeke. I want to have him on the show. And he was on our show talking about his experience. Like what, like what's the vision? Is it just to continue doing this show on MTV or are you going to expand? Yeah, well, so I think for now, I, I'm happy making the show kind of as it is. Yeah. Um, because while the, the format has stayed the same, people are changing. You know, the way that we interact constantly changes. The way that we use the Internet constantly changes. Um, and, you know, the, the, the generation of people who I, I had on the show when we started is, is totally different now. It's, it's almost 10 years later, and, and there's a, just a new generation of, of people who are – growing up on online and learning how to be themselves, but also, you know, meet other people. So I think there's plenty more stories to tell and, and conversations to have um, and, and people to help with Catfish as it is on MTV. Um, I'm obviously working on lots of other things. And, and one of the projects that I'm most excited about is the Facebook show I have with my wife uh, called We Need to Talk. Um, We've done three seasons of that. Uh, it's done really, really well. Uh, hoping to do more. Um, and also, looking uh, looks like we're going to actually do a a live stage version. Um, because basically what the show is, is each episode we talk about a different topic that has to do with relationships. Um, you know, whether it's starting relationships and dating or, you know, committing to someone and moving in, yeah. how to deal with their parents if they don't like you or if their friends and your friends don't get along. I mean, so it's like all the different things that come with short or long-term relationships. Awesome. Um, I love and that. So we're, we're going to actually do a live version of it in LA uh, next month. Um, and we're going to have some special guests and, and some comedians and musicians. And it's going to just sort of be a love slash relationship themed uh, variety show. So I'm really excited if that goes well to hopefully do that um, on a bigger scale. That is amazing. And that is it what is the name of it? And it's Facebook Live, right? Like yeah, it's it on, on Facebook, Facebook Watch. Live? It's a not watch. live. Okay. It's a Facebook Watch show. It's called We Need to Talk. We need to talk. We need I need to check that out. I wasn't yeah. aware of it. All of you listening need to check it out. That and I love your wife just I mean, how perfect. You guys are just like <laughs> amazing couple. She has such a good, like, you have this, like, very positive, like, great aura and energy, and and then she's just, like, the perfect compliment, and you guys are adorable. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to answer a few of your questions for, for me from Catfish. Dr. Zoe has been a successful entrepreneur, philanthropist, and the confidential coach to celebrities, leaders in business, religion, and sports for over a decade. Take advantage and submit your questions on love, sex, and relationships via the Dr. Zoe Today app, drzoetoday.com, or simply hashtag AskDrZoe on Twitter. Be sure to tune in every week to hear your questions answered by Dr. Zoe and her guests. Your connection for pop sexuality. 
Okay, we've got a few minutes to take a few of your questions. Neve Jason wrote in and he said, how do you choose which people you're going to help on the show? So, Jason, uh, that's a great question. Um, I am not directly involved in the selection process because uh, my experience helping these people is is totally um, – I don't know what the right word is, but it, it's happening in real time on the show. I, I haven't met them. I haven't heard their story. Uh, I, I like the experience of reading the email for the first time on camera and really having an opportunity to react and, and respond authentically. Um, so we have a team of people who go through the many emails and, and website submissions. Um, and I think from what I understand, you know, 70 or 80% of them are, are – are not necessarily requests to come on the show, but just sort of people looking for advice or help with different issues relating to internet, you know, relationships. Uh, mm-hmm. And then a bunch of the other ones are either people goofing around or, or who are not very serious or yeah. people who, who, have, who have said like, oh, I'm 16 and I just met this really hot guy three weeks ago and I want to meet him because I'm in love with him. And <laughs> that's, that's nice, but like that's not really the stories we're looking to tell. Yeah. You know. So, so we're, we're the people that that choose are are going through the applications, trying to find stories that are are meaningful, that have real emotion uh, and and circumstances uh, baked in to them. Um, and then, of course, there's a whole process of actually contacting those people and uh, availability and. and yeah. You know, that everybody who comes on the show has to has to first speak to a uh, psychiatrist to make sure that they are, you know, Ooh, that's okay. Good. Yeah, no, yeah. To make sure that they're okay being on television and potentially, you know, being ridiculed or made fun of, and that they're that they're strong enough to handle that and not, you know, potentially do something harmful to themselves or someone else. So, so it's a long process, uh, but we try to we try to do it as as efficiently as we can so that we can get a story email that comes in and, and as, you know, within weeks, hopefully go and actually film that episode. Okay. Sabrina wrote in and said, I was recently cat. I was recently catfished after online dating for a year. I can't seem to get back out there because I don't trust anyone now. What would be your advice, Neve? Oof. Well, I think trust is not something kind of relegated to getting catfished. I, I mean, I, I hear a lot of people, young people especially, talk about having trust issues, um, which I never really totally understood until I thought about it. Um, but I think there's, a, there's an interesting thing that happens where because we've all lived now and grown up with social media and we put so much of ourselves out to the public, um, yeah. And we're so vulnerable and, and, and easily sort of searchable. And, and I think we, we long for something more private and, and personal in our lives. And sometimes these, really, these catfish relationships fill that void because it's just for us. It's not someone that we know or that anyone else we knows. Um, and so I think for Sabrina, I, this relationship you were having, you probably should have known sooner or even maybe did know in, in your gut that this wasn't going to work out. Um, but you, but you let it happen because you found, you found some meaningful connection with this person and this, this privacy that you had with them and meant something to you. And so I like to think that 
that's an important dynamic uh, that people can often have either with a close friend or with a therapist. And so maybe what you were really doing was, you know, you found an outlet to express yourself that was safe uh, and you should not think about it as like getting lied to or, or now every relationship you, you go into is going to end badly, but find a healthy way to, to have a relationship like that. And then just put yourself back out there and date people and like, Look, it's going to happen. You, you could have met someone and dated them for a year and then found out they had another family somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> devastating. That's so, true. That's there are true. lots of good people out there, and I think if you, yes. if, you, if you make yourself available, but you know what you need and what you don't need and what you, what you want and don't want, then uh, you'll be much more likely to, to find success. Yes, that's awesome advice. I love it. Thank you so much for being on the show, Neve. And to all my Thank listeners, you. Tune in next time for real-world relevant information on business, entertainment, and It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.